You are about to witness a music podcast most foul. What you're about to hear is likely not safe for work. But if you're unperturbed by coarse language and sensitive content, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a world of music and mystery, the likes of which you've never heard before. Why don't you walk through the door and play our devious little game? Welcome, one and all, to Artificial Ghost Radio, a musical tour through the mind of our contestants. I'm the little voice called Zach that you deliver your theories to, Miles Lazarus. And I'm not, not the raincoat killer, Mars Garbayo. If you would indulge us, we'd like to play a game. This is a podcast where every week we challenge each other to rediscover why music is so special, but fuck that for a fucking minute. Fuck this stupid podcast. Fuck this stupid podcast. We're a gamer podcast now. I mean, we've always always been a gamer podcast. (laughs) For about 15 minutes, probably. This is is the Deadly Premonition 2 Watch podcast. This is unfucking precedented. This is untenable. This is unnecessary. This is unthought of or unheard of. But it's also deeply, deeply appreciated. It is so deeply wanted by me. Miles Lazarus. And and me, Mars Garpaio. Guys, there's what? a sequel to Deadly Premonition, the Twin Peaks ripoff game, coming to Switch in 2020. What the fuck? Okay, alright. So, and here's, we talked in uh, an ad break, in, like, two episodes ago. We like, talked- two episodes ago. Like, we very briefly mentioned Deadly Premonition. Yeah, because we were goofing we, on, because uh, we were doing Sarah Zedig podcast, and we were talking about Fish and the Percolator. Yeah. Like, Fools, the most incredible uh, Twin Peaks rewatch podcast. Uh, and fuck, they heard- <laughs> Nintendo yeah. heard fish in the percolator. Ninten- yeah, Nintendo heard. Um, so okay, let's let's talk briefly about Deadly Premonition, about what it is and why and why and why and, and why. why and why and what and how and who. So Deadly Premonition, it was released uh, for the PS3 and Xbox 360 uh, in um, like in 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2010. Um, so it is it is almost 10 years old now. It was released February 2010. It is almost 10 years old now. God. Um it is a survival horror game that really isn't all that scary. Uh there's a there's aspects of of scariness, but like I'm a coward and Deadly Premonition like does nothing to me. It's like if you took Dead Rising and Yakuza and Twin Peaks and made a stupid game. I made a very stupid, like some would say, rightfully, bad game. A justifiably very bad game. Here's one of the things about this game, right? Mm. Um, 
is that um, it's it's an open world game in a sense, right? You're in this. It is an open world in that you know there is this, this open town town that you know and some some surrounding area, but not much. It's mostly just the town, um, and uh, you can go around on foot. You can uh, drive your car, um, and uh, here's the thing about the car is that it runs out of gas it sure does and if it runs out of gas you're fucked you've got to get out and book it back to the gas station get some petrol so this game uh there is no way i think that we can properly describe why it's great like it's a bad game but it's great it's yeah, it's one of those, like, it's so unfortunately, like, we were talking about this because we watched the uh, Nintendo Direct for the fourth that, you know, just happened um, at our time of recording. Uh, and um, and we were talking about, like, there are some, like, very shitty uh, comments and moments and characters and stuff that, like, are very stereotypical, not the best. Uh, and that's what right. makes it a, a shitty game in a lot of ways. Because if it wasn't for those sort of bigoted aspects, it would be just the silliest game. Mm-hmm. It's so silly and bad yeah. and ugly, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> but like, okay, but like, here's the thing, right? Is that Sweary sixty five is uh, he is the developer? He well, he's like the he's the director of of the game. Yeah. Um, even though his studio wasn't listed as as developing Deadly Premonition two, the studio that is behind it said that Sweary is like deeply involved. Yeah. Um, which, like, he fucking better be. Yeah, he made that game so fucking good. Yeah, but, like, yeah, like, he, um, has legitimately grown a lot as a person in those ten years. Um, he made a game, uh, very recently. I forget what it's called. Um, it is... Uh, it's like a platformer game where you like break and detach your body to get around and solve puzzles and stuff. And it's like visceral and gross in the way that Sweary sometimes likes to make things. Um, but it's also like this, this like genuine, cool, um, lesbian story, um, that have, I've heard like universal praise about yeah um so we're hoping for some improvements right so like that's and like here's the thing too right is in deadly premonition 2 it sounds like you like half the game you're playing as a woman in present day and then there are flashback parts of the game where that are like 15 years ago quote unquote whenever this game is supposed to be set um and you're playing as francis york morgan the original uh uh, protagonist of the first game but i think that it's that the the past bits in deadly premonition 2 are set before deadly premonition 1 jesus christ it's a prequel sequel it's a prequel and a sequel at the same fucking time nintendo how dare you so i think that it like 
But with that structure, I think it has a great opportunity to address the sort of bad stuff about the first Deadly Premonition, um, you know, and and just like, I don't know. But like, here's the other thing, right? Mm-hmm. The Deadly Premonition, uh, Deadly Premonition also got shadow dropped on the Switch eShop today. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, they've adapted the fucking controls and they've just put it on Switch. They've just <laughs> put just, it on fucking Switch. Why the fuck not? It. And here's the fucking thing. And we were talking about this before we started. Here's what we discovered. This game has not existed. It does not exist on modern platforms, except for the Switch. It's not on Xbox One. It's It's not not on on PS4. It's on the Switch, baby. (laughs) It it is on PC, but that PC release is from 2013. Yeah, the last mastering was six years ago. Because this game, again, I cannot stress this enough. It's a bad game. <laughs> it's a shitty it's game. A, it's a bad game. The controls are fucking whack. <laughs> it's a it's a bad game, but it's a really good game. It's a cult classic game. Yeah. And it's like I so dumb. I fucking just bought it on Switch. Miles is gonna go buy it later today. Yeah. Like Sure like, I'm baby. W- and like when Deadly Premonition 2 comes out, we gonna fucking be there. I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be a Deadly uh, Premonition 2 watch. We're on yeah. 24 hour fucking Deadly Premonition lockdown. Yeah. Um and I'm just so fucking yeah. So if, if you're a fan of like surrealist comedy um, mm-hmm. and games that are like it's trying to like the thing is that like Deadly Premonition has like this weird like air of trying to be serious because it's like a fucking murder mystery survival horror game. But every yeah. character is so goddamn weird. It mm-hmm. really is like if you enjoy characters from Twin Peaks that are like dumb in this like horror scenario. Like it's just like they're trying to be funny and cute in this fucking terrifying situation. Then you'll enjoy Deadly Premonition. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the here's the last thing that I want to point out. Right. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me it seems pretty obvious that Nintendo like fucking angel invested this weird project that like Sweary or somebody wanted to happen. Yeah. Who wanted like this? like it's like Bayonetta, right? Like how nobody wanted Bayonetta 2 and then Nintendo swooped in and made it a Wii U exclusive and everyone went nuts for it. I think it's because Nintendo have realized that they can do whatever the fuck they want and right. people and get it. Here's the fucking thing, right? Is Nintendo is making that fucking, like, they're making that Wii money but more. Yeah. Like, they can do whatever the fuck they want, and they're like, yeah, why not? Deadly Premonition 2. What the fuck, right? Yeah. They don't care about catering to fans. They don't give a shit. Deadly Deadly Premonition. Premonition, Deadly Premonition 2 is gonna be a fucking Switch exclusive. What the fuck? Who would have thought this? Um, No one. No no one. No one. No one. No one. No yeah. one ever, even ever, the ever was expecting that, this. Even the people that love this game never, ever, ever, ever were like, I need a sequel or a sequel is needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so, just, okay. it, ah, it's such a singular experience. So so here's the, here's the thing too, right? Mm. The Switch version is not the 2013 version, it seems like. Okay. Because at least- 
maybe it is, but they're not calling it the same because the 2013 one was um, Deadly Premonition uh, director's cut, mm. um, and it had the same terrible cover art. Yeah. Um, but this isn't that. This is Deadly Premonition Origins. Is it going to be the original? It is the original. As far as I'm aware, it's 100% the original. Like pre-remastered? Like, well, no, not the original original. But like, I don't know. Is it... Because here's the, here's the thing about it, too, is that like it the Deadly Premonition Origins wasn't released under any of the original publishers or the company that, that's, that Sweary owns now. Hmm. It was... I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't have on hand who, who's doing it. So it's just like, did they do extra work to it? Did they change things? Yeah. Cause I don't know what, what, what's in there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm we'll fucking, find I'm out. honest. I'm fucking desperate to dig into this thing. It's not even done downloading. But until then, we can at least record a podcast. I can't fucking believe Deadly Premonition 2 is a fucking real game that is happening. Who did this? Who on this earth? Among all the games. Who on this earth was like, are you serious? Like, let's let's fucking make a- What? I don't know who they are, but they're my fucking hero. They're my hero. And who- and who at Nintendo was like, yes, yes, oh, <laughs> Fuck yes, a, a sequel exclusive to the Switch to a 10 year old game that nobody played and most people think is trash. I am. Yes. Shock. And they, and then they re-released the original with a good cover, which is just great. Like though it's above and beyond intend with a, and it's, and yeah, the, uh, wow, actually the cover is really good. Yeah. The cover actually represents the game. Oh, cool. Imagine that instead of whatever the fuck was going on with the original. Okay. Yeah, see that? It's like, yeah. It's the tree, it's got the symbol, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the art, uh, on the, when it's in the, in the Switch home menu is just a close up of the raincoat killer. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that the original cover art is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's enough talk about Deadly Premonition that was, for now. That was, um, the, the Premonition pod. Deadly pod munition. Miles. Mars. Do you just want to fucking make a Deadly Premonition podcast? I will. <laughs> I would. Do you just want to make a fucking Deadly Premonition podcast? Because we can do that. We, we have could. the power. I mean, I don't know how many episodes we'd get out of it. Can we talk to the Overwitch boys? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think we. Sh- I think we should get Sarah in on it. I think it would be like a. Well, like okay, a so cons- so can we get con- Sarah Ray, <laughs> you and I <laughs> together to do a dark pod? <laughs> like every month, we just check in see how we're doing on on deadly premonition yeah. catch up on news yeah about Allah, deadly premonition um, too a lot uh uh you know uh uh we will be in trolls too just like every so often check in with some updates yeah some, yeah some theories what we're hoping for let's do it let's let's fucking I'm, get him on the horn i'm i'm so excited because like i've seen deadly premonition played but i've never had a console that it could be on same and now I'm actually going to be able to play this fucking game. So fucking excited. And like, it's gonna be bad in the best way. Oh, it's gonna be unplayable, Mars. Ah. 
all right, we need to get into this podcast. But but what if they like tightened up the controls? I mean, I in, in the origins version. I really, I mean, hard. like who the fuck knows? They kind. Of, it seems like they're kind of making us like that's the cover art is completely original, detailed art. It's true. Like, are they? How much work did they put into this? Like that's it the came crazy out today. Thing, like, what if they just put in like a lot of work? Like, what if it's like a really good version of the game? It might. I mean, that's the thing about the Switch is that a lot of times, like the Switch version is like the best version. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I feel like with Deadly Premonition, it's not too difficult to have it have one like a new version be the best version. True. <laughs> um. All right, we need to start the podcast. We need to start the podcast, but I want you to know that all I will be thinking about for the remainder of the podcast is deadly fucking premonition. I mean, same. All right, we're gonna, okay. We need to get we need to get Ray and yeah. Sarah on the horn. Yeah. All right, let's Holy get into shit. it. Shit. So yeah, let's go. Let's go. So the week before last, um, uh, because we uh, had a brief uh Brock intermission. Yes. Um, which hey, go listen to that fantastic album. Fantastic album. Pretty good episode. Good episode, lads. Uh, but yeah, I, I... The episode turned out good. I just, like, I, I already have the feeling like I have more to say. I know. Again, know? like, I said it in the episode, but, like, it always happens of, like, a week later, I'm like, I've, mm. I've really fermented. Yeah. So, yeah, we, uh, so two weeks out, two, two weeks back, we, two uh, we... weeks back. You challenged me. I did. You did me a challenge. I did you a challenge. I challenged to f- you. To find, to find a song that reminds me of home. Mm-hmm. But before I tell you all about my song, what I want to know from you, Miles, is what song did you bring? What song reminds you of home? Well, let's just get a bleep, 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 bleep. This is going to be a sappy episode for Miles. Um, that's uh, it's going to be decently, it's, it's going to be decently sna- sappy for me. Yeah. And snappy. It'll um, be, well, maybe, we'll see. It'll be sappy and snazzy and it'll be jazzy. Jeff. Uh, so, uh, I bought this theme, uh, cause I was thinking of actually a couple different songs. I had, um, cause like, okay, so I, I was actually listening to, this is some fucking convoluted bullshit, but I just feel like talking. Today's a talk day, a ramble rant day. I was listening yeah. to some Amanda Palmer, who's from the Dresden Dolls. Uh, she is a really fantastic artist. Um, uh, and I was listening to, uh, she has an album, I think called Down Under. Uh, and she has this great song called Map of Tasmania, which is where I'm from. And I was trying to like engineer a theme of like, ooh, a song that like reminds us of like physically like our state or like our country. And then I was like, we don't really have any like, you know, pro national views on this podcast. <laughs> and it's really just an excuse for me to talk about this song. And so I was like thinking more about it of like why I wanted to talk about Tasmania, why I wanted to talk about home. And then I sort of started dialing in on the home thing so instead of bringing map of tasmania which again is a really fantastic song just go listen to that in general um uh i instead wanted to talk about uh a really wonderful song called into the mystic by van morrison um all right and into the mystic is the uh it's from the 1970 album by van morrison uh called moon dance uh and that album and more so that song is what my mom used to rock me to sleep to uh, as a baby 
um, because like the BPM is just right and and the rhythm of it is just right, uh, and the sort yeah. of like beautiful jazzy dulcet tones of Van Morrison uh, really sent me off to sleep. Uh, and so I would really like it if we could give it a little listen. And then I'll yeah, tell you let's a give bit, it a listen. A little bit more about home. Oh, I can now hear the singers cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic So So What'd you think? I definitely understand why this was was why I definitely understand why this was a lullaby song for you it is very soothing it is very just like like you, you know this like seems like the the song that like in a like you know semi-emotional teen family drama movie uh this song would be playing that it would lead us into the credits after everything had been resolved and the main character feels like at peace yeah i really like that yeah so so specifically for this song uh into the mystic uh the uh old music uh uh sort of review of this album uh described it as a song of such elemental beauty and grace as to stand as arguably the quintessential morrison moment um which i'm not super familiar with van morrison uh i've listened to moondance a lot uh as i have grown up um but uh i i really like this song for its um yeah this sort of like supernatural jazzy beauty to it um and I heard it a lot growing up, and it was only until I was a teenager when mom was telling me about how this was uh, my good uh, lullaby song. Um, and I've probably mentioned this before, but I was a really shitty baby, um, and I was really hard Wait, to put down. I'm not. I'm um, not sure that you have talked about this. Well, I was just a shitty. No, <laughs> shitty baby is such a bad sentence. No, I was just like a very. Um, you know, just a very loud, screamy cry baby. Um, and uh, I was just, you know, I, I was very hard to put down to sleep and really just kept my family up at all hours. Um, and uh, so mom, because she, she I, so I sort of gave her a little interview earlier um, and uh, uh, she said that she's nev- never been much of a singer. So she always looked for music that would help uh, soothe me down. And she didn't have a lot of like soothing records um when i was a baby a lot of rock music um but van morrison uh this album is so uh famous and and again quintessential uh that uh she had this in the in the little pile she still has it actually um and we listen to it quite frequently um and it really just put me right off to sleep um and uh i will i will always remember it uh because obviously i don't remember being a baby but i will always remember like the image of um um, the old kitchen in my house before we uh, renovated a bit here a couple years ago. Ah. Um, and uh, it was this like sort of 60s style kitchen with these like white and green tiles uh, over the over the stovetop and the red cabinets. And it was all very kitschy and, and gaudy. Um, and I just remember like it always had like the most wonderful sunshine uh, in the afternoon. Uh, and it really warmed the whole house up. And I and I just remember dancing with my mum to the song um and you know being really embarrassed and and not knowing what to do and and laughing a lot but um 
Yeah, I'll I'll never forget like that little like riff sort of towards the end of the song, like the da 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 da, and I'll always think of my mum when I hear this song. Uh, it is it is so it is so close to family to me. Uh, to hear this album and to hear uh to hear into the mystic. Um. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I really wanted to share that sort of little childhood memory with you guys. That is, that is incredible. I don't know. Like, I I, I always feel bad because I, and it, it sucks to feel bad about it because it's not really anything that I can control. But like, I mean, I talk about my memory issues a lot on this show, yeah. um, mostly as a goof. Um, but it is a real thing that I experience. And for the most part, like, I have forgotten so much of my childhood. Um, like, I just remember random bits of pe- like, there are whole years of my life that I just don't remember. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I'm, I, it, it forces me to always sort of just live in the present. So I don't really spend a lot of time reminiscing i think uh you know it's it's sort of a hard balance to come to because in a lot of ways it's good to stay in the present but it's also nice to remember the past uh but you really can't get stuck in it and i do find that a lot of the times uh because of anxiety i get stuck in thinking about either the past or the future and not sort of staying in the present a lot and and anyone that's learned like mindfulness techniques will recognize that sort of like centering yourself and and thinking of what you're doing in the moment is how to uh, cope with a lot of anxious feelings yeah i i think i think the the past used to give me anxiety a lot um and like nowadays like it's it's less so and like I think it, you know, it's partially just down to like, you know, I've grown as a person and I've, I've stopped like focusing super hard on who I was in the past because like what's important is what I'm doing now. Um, but like also like because I've given up on thinking about the past, I feel like it's given my brain an excuse to chuck even more out. Yeah. Cause it's just like, well, you're not going to be thinking about this shit anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. It is, but I'm very proud of you. I'm proud that you're at this point where you can stay in the present and you can look forward to things still. For sure. Like Deadly Premonition 2. Deadly Premonition 2. But, yeah, like, I, thank you. Um, and also, like, I don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to be able to live... That's like that reminiscence sort of feeling vicariously through other people. I get um, that, yeah. I I really genuinely enjoy hearing people just talk about themselves and about their their past and their stories and all of that. Yeah. Um. Uh. And like, a just because it's interesting and I like getting to know people better, but also you know there is the the sort of selfish reason of I get to sort of live through them for a moment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. My my fucking experience as a human being is strange. No, it is. It is, and I wouldn't lie to you about that. But I think that makes you a very interesting person. And I'm always glad and I'm always happy to be able to share what I can also remember of my childhood and uh, and the memories that I make. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Uh, I don't re- honestly have uh, super a lot to uh, say about Into the Mystic. Apart from it's just a super uh, lovely, chill, jazzy song. The whole album is very uh, chill and jazzy as well. Um, Very funky, very soul. 
Uh, it's very 70s. Um, yeah, very uh, 70s. This also, like, it came out before, like, even my mum was born, because uh, my mum was born in 1973, and this came out in 1970. Um, so it's sort of a, it's, it's a childhood album for both of us, for different reasons, which I, I think is a really wonderful connection. Um, and uh, honestly, like, music is such an important part of my family and how we communicate. Um, yeah, same. Uh, especially with my uh, stepdad, David, is like, there is like a big age difference between us. And so we don't have like super a lot in common, but I know that we can always talk about music together. Uh, and I'm always interested in hearing like what he's listening to and uh, what he's into. And I don't know, it's, I I like to listen to music that is a bit older because I can always find something new in it and I can always find a way to talk to my family about it. Um, and that communication is more precious to me than anything uh, because family is so important to me in my life and and my home and my community. So yeah, that's all I really uh, have to say about Into the Mystic. So, So, Mars. Yes. What is a song that reminds you of home? So this song that I'm bringing is maybe a tiny bit out of character for me in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. A, it's not a tip. It's not a style of music that I typically listen to. Okay. Similarly, this is not necessarily a song or a um, collection of songs that I listen to on my own. And you know, also like it's it's. It's a, you know, it's a commercialized thing. True. Um, you say true, you don't know what I'm talking about yet. <laughs> um, but, like, also just in in line with what I was just, you know, sort of talking about of, like, like, I don't remember a lot of my childhood, so a lot of what I consider and think about my family is like you know the more the the recent stuff and the now stuff yeah um so similarly i'm picking a, a recent song and the sort of thing in recent memory that i really enjoyed and uh also just like it made me think and and feel about family in a way that i hadn't in a long time and hadn't and were in some ways hadn't before mm-hmm. um and miles if if you search back into your memory you might know what's what i'm talking about here um because the song that i am bringing is remember me from the from the movie coco all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Hell yeah. Entire side note, I've never seen Coco. Shanae watched it the other week and hasn't stopped crying about it, so I'm worried. <laughs> it's a good fucking movie. I really need to watch it, but I will it's cry. Such, it's such a good movie. Like, I don't give a... F- like, honestly, like, no fucking no. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> Disney or Pixar or I'm whatever. Like, like, it, like... To be honest, like, I, I mean, like, I would in an instant just break up Disney and Pixar into, you know, smaller companies. Yeah. And just, like, separate that workload, make more, have more creative ideas come up. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Have, like, separate, just, like, you know, have the Disney, like, section. Have things owned by different people. Yeah. Just have the, hey, maybe no monopolies. Maybe no monopolies. I thought the whole point of capitalism that I was told when I was a kid is that there wouldn't be monopolies yeah. but uh i mean everything we learned about capitalism in school was you know not wrong true and wrong and propaganda and all that um 
But anyway, point is, go listen to Comradical. For the love of God, listen to Comradical. No, but uh, aside, apart from all of that, Coco is a completely, unbelievably fantastic movie. Yeah. And it is a movie that I love both in relation to my own family and also in relation to my heritage, even though I am, you know, I'm Cuban, right? This movie is centered around um, Mexican culture. It is not, like, actually, like, full... I just like seeing movies with, you know, Hispanic and, and Latinx people. Absolutely. Like, that's that's just my shit. Um, so, like, on that standpoint, like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, and so, it's, it's, a, it's a really good story, and I also, like, I'm gonna have to look at the Wikipedia summary for it, because I don't fucking remember goddamn anything. That's fine. But in the meantime... Let's go ahead and listen to Remember Me. Uh, this is... There are in the movie there are several versions of Remember Me. Um and I I haven't listened to this version all the way through, but I think it's like in the context of the movie is like the original version. Sure. Um so yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh give this song a listen, shall we? Hell yeah. Remember me. Though I have to travel far, remember me Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you the only way that I can be Until you're in my arms again song makes me fucking cry yeah just thinking about yeah. it just fucking thinking about it it makes me cry mm-hmm. um so this this movie uh it it follows um it it follows uh miguel this little this little this little lad this little boy who um he wants to be a badass, sick-ass guitarist. He wants to be a musician. Uh, but his family is like, fuck that. You can't be a mu- musician. We make shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the movie, this song is passed on from person to person. And it its meaning changes over the course of the movie, depending on who is singing it. The movie has these themes of... You know, Miguel wants to be a musician. At first, his family can't have it. And by the end of the movie, they are embracing music once again. Yeah. They let their kid, like, positively influence their lives, you know, because that family is not just, you know, these people make the rules, these people provide, these people, you know, it is a, you are working together as a family to improve yourselves and become better people. Yeah. And, like, that's the ideal. That's the hope. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always easy and sometimes it's impossible for one white reason or another because you know people are shitheads yeah and you know there's always the the movie acknowledges that family isn't gonna be perfect right yeah and it even 
when I saw this movie for the first time, I was not in a particularly, um, I didn't feel that sort of strong connection with my family at the time for a variety of reasons. Um, and since then, since this movie came out, not in, not because of it, but you know, just, you know, it's, I, the movie sort of made me realize that I really craved that, that connection and I really craved that feeling Mm. and um i worked on myself and you know my my family you know worked too and you know now i now i do feel that connection yeah like really strongly now i do you know like i don't know i mean there's only so much that i want to get into well yeah for so sure. i'm not going to get into much for sure but it's just like i don't know this song this movie it just it brings up a lot of feelings for me about my family i think that's really beautiful Ma. and yeah i mean that's that's where i'm at that's where i got that's all right i i sort of uh limped across the finish line a little bit but i but i got there yeah. We're, we good i get you it's um i feel like uh uh it's hard because there are like parts of us and obviously like you don't have to agree disagree you can correct me um this isn't specifically a commentary on you but uh, I feel like there's a lot of people sort of our age that like it's hard to find forgiveness in a lot of ways um, and especially with family when we've come up with the notion of like you know you don't always have to have a biological family as your family you can choose your family yeah absolutely uh, have that absolutely like like family is I, I think legitimately family is who you choose to have as your family yeah it is it is not there is there is no concrete real obligation yeah absolutely and you know people can make you feel a certain way and it can be really hard uh but like you don't you you really don't have to even associate with your blood yeah uh and then this song in a lot of ways i feel like is uh is a really interesting sort of comment on that of like you can very clearly um choose your family and also it's okay to you know have a conversation with with your blood relative and go all right well right now i can have like i have the mental capacity like because it is a lot of emotional you know uh effort to have like serious conversations about things like if your family is for some reason not supportive of something that you're doing um but like if you can have those conversations like it's a really enriching experience um and it's i don't know like uh this is sort of like me going off on a tangent honestly but uh yeah i i feel like um i i really want to watch this movie because i really like those narratives of like you know just sort of finding your place finding a place in your heart to say you know i care about this a lot and i want the people that i love to care about this too um yeah. Yeah, and that's like a big part of home. And Miles. Yeah. Miles. Miles. This movie will make you fucking cry. Yeah, I already know I'm going to cry. It'll, it'll make you cry a lot. Yeah. I cry a lot I anyway. Cried so I cried so much in this movie. I cried everything. Pixar Pixar shit normal like you know fucking the whole fucking goof. The whole fucking bit with Pixar movies like, "Oh, they'll make you fucking cry." It's like, "You know shit that will." And it's like, "Okay." Like I have not like I've been sad because of a Pixar movie, but like it, like no like no Pixar movie has really made me like like have a lot of good cries in it. Mm. But Coco fucking did. Yeah. Like mm. moment to moment, like yeah. I could give you a scene breakdown and and give you like just by the times that I cried. 
Yeah, movies about, like, family and love always get me. <laughs> oh, this, I could just go scene by scene through the movie, the Mars commentary of, like, oh, yeah, this line made me cry. Yeah. Yep. Oh, this this part made me cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I cried a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I will watch it. I'll, Fucking watch I'll it. I'll need to be in an emotional, uh, uh, emotionally uh, uh, secure place, but <laughs> I will absolutely watch it. Oh. Uh, so, Sorry. why don't, and, you know, I mean, you, you, maybe you have a better idea, right? Mm. But maybe we could go to the break. You know what? I support that decision. <laughs> Let's take it. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you, you're hearing me and you're understanding me. We're coming to this decision together. One, two, three, let's go. A, a debt must be paid. I don't have any newborns and also I can't make any. A debt must be paid. But Mars, how do I pay it? A song debt. <laughs> I'm not much of a singer, Mars. Although, side note, there's a new karaoke bar in town. Ooh, fuck yeah. And I wanna fuck fucking yeah. go. Hey, our, hey, Miles, are the first night that we like Hang. that we're in the same place yeah we're gonna go karaoke yay live show live show live show live show <laughs> live show <laughs> live show in the karaoke bar live show using their microphone everyone doing karaoke <laughs> um, oh, and, really so funny. so sorry a debt must be paid Indeed. uh you need to dig deep and spin the wheel of Discord. Hey everybody, it's me. I'm back. I'm everyone's favorite. Older now. I'm, I'm everyone's favorite character. Oh, I got something stuck in my throat. Hang on. <laughs> hey everybody, I'm the wheel. I think you're now I'm the baby. younger and smaller than you were the first time. I'm a baby. I can't really do anything in between. Actually, it's very hard um, for me to go. <laughs> Testosterone has well, fucked all my voice cords up. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you are free. F- you are free from the. The door is open to free yourself from this prison. Will you break you want. my curse? Set me free, uh, boss. Yeah, I, I can break your curse. I've got a sword. Okay, and slice. You have set me free from my prison. Thank you, mm. Mars Garbio, for your gift. Hey, you're welcome. I am now in servitude of the Garbio oh, family. That's okay. My, oh. I wish to. I wish to set you free. Oh hell yeah! It's like an Aladdin situation. It's like an Aladdin thing, but I just skip right to it. Fuck yeah, pro strat run. I don't even. I don't. I don't have a fucking moral quandary in the middle of the movie. I just go for it. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh god, my whole voice. I mean, oh no, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey Miles, Miles, do you want to spin the fucking wheel? Yeah, let's fucking. I'm gonna put my hand up, and it's gonna figure digga 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 digga. And I'm hitting the shuffle play button, and. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So so this is um I uh recently added like a a bunch of songs and it's uh, a fairly new one actually. So hell yeah. Hell yeah, it's a fairly hell new yeah. one. Uh it is Heartthrob okay. by Superfruit. Oh, I've I'm vaguely aware of Superfruit. Yeah, they're the fools that are that do they, they it's still happening Pentatonics, right? I don't think they do like Maybe. I think they tour. I don't think they put out a lot of content, but I'm pretty sure they're still sure. together at the very least. 
They might be. Um, maybe. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it's a mystery to our soul, and I'm not going to Google it. Uh, yeah. So I was actually like in a uh, a super fruit mood like a couple weeks ago. So I was like just listening uh, to I think I think it's on the album that this song is on. Uh, Future Friends, I think. Uh, uh, yeah. Isn't that like their only album? I think actually, yeah, it might be their only album. If there's another one, I don't know about it. But I was listening to uh, Future Friends, which I also think is a very cute album title um yeah and uh, i really uh i really like this song uh to confirm yes as far as i'm aware uh future friends is their only album all right cool, cool, cool. um well they okay they technically have three albums but they really only have one Oh, okay. Because it's Future Friends Part 1, Future Friends Part 2, and then just Future Friends. All right. So. Uh, so just the one. They've also got a uh, a single that came out this year that seems to be their dark their dark period. Oh, shit. Getting sad again. Because it's them standing and it, it's... it's because the the art for future friends is them on like mopeds. Yeah. It's very cute and it's very yellow and fun. It is. And then the cover art for their new single is them standing in a dark room. Oh shit. Edgy. Edgy time. So they they might be edgy now. Alright. Well they are totally allowed in my book. But without further ado, I love it if we could um we could we could get in it. Let's Jump get in, in it. dive in. Let's go for it. So, so what'd you think? Uh, that is the second gayest music video I've seen this year. What's the first one? I mean, legit, probably uh, "Religion" by Shura. You know what? Yeah, that one's it's pretty pig. Uh, it's pretty pig. Um, this one's a different type a of Genghis, gay. Genghis Khan by Mike Snow. Oh yeah. Also. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh for sure. Um, but yeah, this is a very this is a very gay video. It sure is. This is this is a fun song. It's a bop. I I genuinely the video is super fun. I love all of the completely like silly like 90s and 2000s technology yeah like their little glitter pages and and yeah the glitter phone so the I think I think every kid, you know, from around that era wanted a their own phone mm. in their room. Their own and I'm talking about a landline here. Oh yeah. Uh Cause now, now fucking five year olds have smartphones, and that sounds like the beginning old. <laughs> of of a political cartoon. You're a boomer, but uh, I mean, it's it's fine. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, yeah. but but every kid at that time wanted a burger phone or yeah. um, like that Garfield phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the one Garfield phone that we all remember. No, I remember watching um, Juno starring uh, the the incredible Juno, yeah. uh, uh, Ellen Page and seeing her hamburger phone for the first time at like, I don't know, 14 or 15 or whatever and going, that's mm-hmm. it. I want that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want. Uh, 
I I've never seen before this video the uh, the glittery lips phone. Oh, I love that's those. also very good. Yeah, that's, that's exceptional. I feel like the lip phone needs to be on top of one of the nightstands with the legs. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, heartthrob is this fucking great uh both nineties style and nineties sort of themed song uh by uh mitch and scott from uh both pentatonix and this band uh superfruit they also do youtube videos um uh it's just a fucking it's a very gay song uh the the music video is like them having a sleepover and having like like, doing like their like facials and like you know painting each other's nails and um they they both have like posters in their rooms of themselves dressed as like 90s uh, uh heartthrobs um it's all just fantastic uh and uh so this hey, is hey 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 i am now on a website oh good for and you thank god for the website for the internet thank god i am now on a website of novelty phones <gasps> and i want and i want to just go through some of them for yes. you this is obviously this is an audio medium so i'm gonna try my best that's okay i believe in um you. There is, there's a couple of really bad ones off the bat. Um, the dick and balls? There's one, there's one where it's Alvin and the chipmunks, right? Hell yeah. So it's Alvin, uh, who does not look very much like a chipmunk in, on this, in this property. Well, Miles, can you show, phone. can you show your co-host? I can show you. Yes, I can show you an, an image of this, of this terrible boy. Oh. So, Aww. it's Alvin standing up, and then his torso, where the A is on his chest, is the phone. So whenever Alvin rings, you have to rip out his chest. Yeah. To talk. There's one that's that's a little bit better. Okay. Um, and by that, I, I mean, it. I can't tell how it works as a phone. Oh, I found it. It's bad. Um, so this is, this is a very cursed image. I'm worried. Ah, ah, ah. It's the Bart, it's the Bart Simpson phone. And it's Bart Simpson and he's sitting down and he's got his characteristic blue shirt. Okay. I love like Um, when merch has like the off Bart colors. Yeah. Um, And his slingshot. You know, he's got a slingshot. Red eyes. Uh, Red eyes bulging out of his head. Glowing red eyes. I have told you this. Ever since I was a kid, because I I fucking loved The Simpsons when I was a kid. I was a big cartoon kid. Yeah. But like. Yeah. I wish The Simpsons was good. Yeah. I wish The Simpsons was good at all. Uh, But like. 3D Simpsons gives me such heebie-jeebies. Like, I don't know what part of my brain it is. There's a reason why the fucking 3D Homer episode was a Three House of Horror. It's so fucked. That episode, like... Hey, do you want to see what the worst thing about the Bart phone is? Okay, we're going to get to that, but also just, like, that episode of the Three House of Horror, like, those didn't get to me, because I was, like, a big horror fan even as a kid, but that existential horror of 3D Homer in the real world gave me nightmares. Bart's back opens up and there's a keypad. Yeah, Bart... 
Bart Bart Bax. Bart Bart Bax. And also the speakers What is this? You hold his back to your ear. What the fuck? Okay. What well, it's uh, so it's... big. You can't do yeah. that. I there are so many of these phones. I wish this, I like this is could justify this, this as is, a purchase. This is going to be hey, Miles, this is gonna be an episode of, of Jess Edwater in the future, is these novelty <gasps> yes. phones. Uh I'm gonna save that as a new bookmark, but as a little preview of that, uh, I have two more phones that I have to tell you about. Please. Um, one, the first one that I'm going to tell you is, oh my god, I could go down this page for hours. The first one that I'm going to tell you is, um, good. Uh, it is, it is a legit- You'll forgive me if I don't believe you. Uh, well, you'll, you'll forgive me when you see it. Alright, let me in. Okay. Oh, hell hell yeah! Oh, that fucks! I love that! So, so- Here's what it is. It's Kermit the Frog, Kermit the a Frog very here. well, a well-modeled, well-rendered Kermit. It's an extremely well-done Kermit. That's like a really uh, well-done Kermit. He is reclining in a chair with his foot up on a, with his feet up on a stool, cross-legged, uh, you it's know, one chilling. foot sort of hanging, hanging over the other, hanging out. He's straight chilling. Um, and, and his hand is sort of on his leg a little bit. Mm. And the phone is a traditional sort of handheld phone, uh, landline phone sort of situation. It's got a keypad below. So you're not, you're not defiguring Kermit in any way. Yeah, you're not Kermit reaching into his just, stomach and, and pulling a phone out. Kermit is, Kermit is just there, like, is just holding the phone with his legs. And it is cute and it is good and I love it. The colors on it are It is a hundred dollars. Oh, it's a hundred dollars. Well it still works, I assume. It's one hundred dollars. Yeah. Because yeah. I would get that I mean, not like, in a heartbeat. Not like it working matters to me. No, I just want it. I want to look at it every day. Hey, d- okay, now we're gonna take a hard turn into bad okay, again. So it's another Simpsons last one. Fr- last phone or is this Still more. This is the last okay. phone because we'll, we're gonna we're gonna revisit these phones in a just add water. Okay. Um, this is the last phone. <laughs> this one is the worst for so many reasons. <laughs> And I'm gonna get into it. This one is only fifty dollars. Homer's Crock and Bush is the um is the keypad. Um, the yeah. top of the so, armchair so is the phone. It's, so it's it's sitting. It's Homer Homer Simpson. He is sitting in a chair that is too big for him. Yeah, he looks like a little baby. The keypad is sitting on his stomach over his dong. He is wearing clothes. Just wanted to make that clear. Oh, yeah, and the the back of the chair come pops out of and is the yeah. phone i hate the expression that Can he's I tell making you, he's making a bad expression and listen is i'll describe it it's like if you yes if you <laughs> if you were looking in two different directions by the way he's fucked but yeah. if you're looking yeah. up and you're just going ooh, <laughs> he's got a real mouth happening uh and his hands are up like he i don't know if he's gotten like surprised or like he's about to kiss a ghost can can i read the um she would 
the bullet points I wish you would. for this item. Mm-hmm. The bullet points for this item. I'm going to read some of them. Brand new Homer Simpson animated talking telephone. Mm-hmm. Homer talks and moves. His head and arms pop up with an incoming call or when the demo button is pressed. Uh, Homer speaks a number of funny phrases when the phone rings, including, don't touch it, it might be work. Uh-huh. I'm leaving the clowning business to the clowns in the clowning business, he says. <laughs> what? Always do the opposite of what Bart says. And if that's Mr. Burns, I'm not here. Imagine. So instead in of- In your house, in your home. In, s- in your home, in the hallway, you are, you hear. If that's Mr. Burns, I'm not here. Echo through your home in the middle of the night. Yeah, the fucking debt collectors are calling you. The the fucking Italian mob that you owe money to that's calling you in for a debt. Uh, you have to go kill someone for them. And they ring you up, and it's like... That might be like, work. I'm leaving the clown... <laughs> it might be work, don't pick I'm, it up. <laughs> I'm leaving the clowning business to the clowns in the clowning business. <laughs> okay. Here's the situation, here's the situation, then we have to just... <laughs> You have to either keep talking about the song or something. But, okay, here's the situation. So, you know the movie The Ring? Yes. So, you watch that tape. <laughs> and then, because you're in your room. Of course you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... <laughs> you're, you're watching it on your car, on your on your uh, Lightning McQueen television. You're watching it on your Homer Simpson's open mouth television. Um, that That's... I, it's a better joke, but it's a worse it image. It sure is. Uh, and, and you just, you know, all this, like, you know, like, it flies crawling over a corpse, and this woman in a mirror, and the ocean, and the blood, and the, uh, and then she's like, seven days. And then, what? no, but that bit doesn't come up yet, because then you just hear, leave the clowning! <laughs> <laughs> leave the clowning to the clowns in the clown business. And then you pick it up, and she's like, I was going to kill you in seven days, but <laughs> it seems like you're already doomed. 4C batteries not included. Batteries right. for this? So, yeah. Okay. So that's the homophone. That's the homophone. That's also a, an English term. What's a homophone again? <laughs> that was, that was going to be a joke and then I fucked it up. I, oh my god, can we record the, the Just Add Water for this soon? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get back to, let's get back to Heartthrob. Can we? Can we? Can we possible, can we come back from this? I mean, we can try. We came back from Deadly Premonition, too. We can come back from the homophone. So, uh, so. in an interview with uh, HuffPost, uh, they uh, they talk a little bit about their first album, Future Friends. Uh, uh, and I love this little quote. It's really cute. Uh, so, this is from Scott. He says, Mitch and I grew up doing theater and choir. We are such uh, choir nerds. Pentatonic satisfies that part of ourselves. Uh, and then he says... We're also gay and fun and best friends. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> Superfruit is more Hell of that yeah. side of our personalities. Um, which I think is just a wonderful uh, sentiment of like, yeah, sure, like we're like the theater kids, we're choir kids, but also we're fun and gay and best friends. And we want to make music together. Yeah. Uh, that's like that more fun and gay side of us. Uh, and all of their songs are equally as like extremely fun and gay 
uh, and poppy and wonderful and tasty. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, That's, I'm all about I'm that. I'm so great. about it. I like whenever I get in the pop music mood, I, I love listening to just like over the top gay pop. I just I get into it so hard. Um, Especially, like, I love this song so much, Heartthrob. I, I love the whole, like, the tagline of, um, I'm so over James Dean, I'm more of a three names queen. And then they name drop yeah, Freddie Prince Jr., Chad Michael Murray, and John Taylor Thomas. And, like, the bridge is, like, <laughs> the bridge is, like, talking about, like, the members of, uh, fuck, what band is it? They talk about, like, Joey Lance, JT, and Chris, and fucking JC. It's just... Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Which, which fucking boy band is that? Fuck, I need, I'm, my brain's gone. I need it. It's melted out my ears. Is that, is, is that Backstreet? No, that's not Backstreet, is it? That's not Backstreet. Is it? It's not. Is it? Um. Fuck. In sync. What? It, in sync. It's in sync. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. They had the the bridge is about in sync, <laughs> and and yeah, like the chorus is about just being a nineties heartthrob, having frosted tips, uh, being on fucking Tiger Beat. I. It's like damn. And I I like how it's also just like that sort of inch of like like that line that's uh we can sneak out after dark, be your angsty teen, let you break my heart. Um. So it's still like this story of like yeah like. It, Obviously, it's a very fun album about the joy of being gay, but it's also, like, you know, set in the sort of realistic zone of, like, you know, I'm very out and I'm very happy and I'm in a good environment, but, like, you know, I still get my heart broken because of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a really good song. I mean, anyway, it's a fucking jam. I wish more music videos had these fucking, like, glitter landlines and the split screen and, like, the love heart overlays of, like, the Lizzie McGuire show. Yeah. And just, fuck it, I love it. And also, like, I love that this album is about, like, two best friends and their experiences with both being gay and both, like, loving people uh, and and creating that energy together. That's fucking great. I love that. Yeah, I'm all about it. That's genuinely fantastic. More best friends should write albums together. Agreed. Too many, too many fucking musical acts are, like, fucking getting beef with each other. Yeah. They're either beefing or married and then they're beefing. Yeah. <laughs> they're beefing anyway. Let's get some fucking, let's get some fucking best friends. <laughs> Fuck it. I want it. Gimme. Anyway, that's all I really have to say about Heartthrob. I just think it slaps. It's a good song. It's a fucking good song. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. We, well, well, it seems like the game is over. I know. But now that the game is over, we can play Deadly Premonition. <laughs> We hope you have enjoyed Artificial Ghost Radio, and we will see you next week for another round. I'd like to thank Marble Charlotte for being our wonderful narrator. You can find her on Twitter and on Twitch at MarbleCantus, Marble, C-A-N-T-U-S, to find everything that she does. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with a friend, and if you leave us a rating on iTunes, we'll read it aloud on the show. Uh, both sharing with friends and, and ratings uh, help us grow quite a lot. And if you want to stay updated on all things Art Ghost, you can find us on Twitter at ArtGhostPod. We're in there. Okay, Miles. Mars. Um, I, di- I didn't think of a challenge beforehand, so I'm just going to come up with one now. <laughs> um, okay, here, how's this? The challenge for next week is a song. Find me a song without any lyrics. All right. Find me a song without a single lyric. 
Not one word. Okay. No lyrics, baby. No lyrics. That's the challenge for next week. No lyrics. I accept this. How are you feeling on the challenge? I am I'm, I'm percolating. Thank you for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio, and we will see you when we see ya. At times, we must purge things from this world because they should not exist, even if it means losing someone that you love. That's a quote from from York. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's an FK in the coffee. Oh my god, the FK. God, are you excited? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.